Welcome to the Sisterhood Tea Party, where we get together weekly to discuss all the tea about life, relationships, pop culture, and generally anything you chat about with your best friend over a cup of tea or beverage of choice. We're your hosts, Stephanie and Jessica, and we've been spilling the tea to each other for more than a decade, and now we're ready to invite the rest of you to the tea party. In today's episode, we are spilling the tea on career progression. We'll be breaking down the different types of career progression and how to think about making a change in your career. A quick plug before we get started. If you like what you hear today, you can follow at Sisterhood Tea Party on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. Now let's get to sipping with what's top of mind for us this week, Stephanie. Yes, girl. So what's top of mind for me are post-work evening routines. Okay. Let me explain. So I recently started following this creator on TikTok. Her name is Carly. Um, and so she basically breaks down a bunch of different routine example itineraries for the busy girl, the low-key girl, um, different just elements of a routine that you can follow after work. Um, yeah, after like the gym, after like a weekend, whatever it is. So I've been really just binge watching all of her routines. I have. Is there any routine that's like your favorite that you've seen so far? Yeah, I haven't started any of them yet because I've been just saving them. However, I think the my favorite, I have two favorites. So the, um, she has like a post like after work routine, which is so ideal. And she even prefaces in there and says, it doesn't matter whether you work in office or from home, like you could still apply this. And I'm like, love this for me. Um, and then she also, <laughs> and then she also has like an ideal, like Friday night, a Saturday evening or a Saturday during the day. Um, and she also has a Sunday like reset. So there are just, there's so many options, but I'm, I'm planning to get that started very, very soon. So. Oh, I love that. It's nice to have like a night routine, just like to just kind of like wind yourself down for getting into bed. Like, yeah, just feeling cozy vibes. Like you don't want to feel that stress of the day. So that's, that's awesome. We'll have to drop, uh, the TikTok um, for that girl in, in the notes so that people can absolutely. Yes. I will get the at for sure. And we'll add it there, but yeah, it's been, it's really nice to see that like there are people who are looking out for others (laughs) online, um, because it's been something that people have expressed that like, I would just, I just need something a little bit more, ideal than just sitting on the couch, which is not, again, nothing wrong with just sitting on the couch and relaxing after a long day. But if someone wants to be relatively productive or do something, there's an option for that. I love that. Well, for me, I have been like the tea for me. I've been obsessing over all of the love and support we've been getting on this podcast. So we are recording this today and we've had two episodes out so far. And it's just been incredible to see how much excitement there's been. So many people that have reached mm-hmm. out to both of us being like, I love that you talked about this topic or that topic. And like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's almost like just like reengaging with people. It's so fun. Uh, and I don't know. I just feel like very loved and supported by all of my people who have just like, I, I literally woke up, like my husband wakes up after me and this morning I like came into the bedroom and he was like waking up. So he's like on his phone in bed <laughs> listening to the podcast. And I was like, Oh, Love that's it. so sweet. You know, before we've even talked in the morning, he like knows it's coming out and friends oh, that have reached out. It's, it's just, it feels so good. So thank you everyone who's been like yes. reaching out to us. Yes. Again, thank you all there. It, it's just amazing to have the support that we've been getting and yeah. we know that that's going to continue. So we appreciate it. So 
Yes. Thank and you. give us feedback too. It, mm-hmm. We love the positivity, but if there's like a topic you want to hear, let us know. Um, Cause you know, we're, we're here for the people. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. But let's get into the realty of the episode talking about career progression. Um, oh, yes. Maybe first we give like a little bit of background of kind of each of our, I guess, career paths, kind of what we do now. Do you want to go first? Sure. I'll get right into it. (laughs) So a little bit about my background. I have a master's degree in educational leadership and policy studies. So my ideal position at the time after I graduated, I wanted to work at a university and build my way up. I wanted to be what they call, I guess, the equivalent of like a vice president of student affairs. Like I really wanted to work that up transition, decided that that wasn't the best career path for me. So I decided to transition into um, higher education um, technology. So I moved into the corporate space, worked in higher ed technology for a couple of years, and then transitioned, stayed in tech and transitioned to K-12 education. So that is currently where I'm at right now. Um, And since then, I've transitioned from working in the implementation kind of onboarding customer service side of it to moving into marketing. So there has been a lot of progression over the last, goodness, seven, eight years of me being within the tech space. So that is where, that's kind of a little bit about my background and how I got to where I am today. It's so wild hearing you talk about this because now, like when you mentioned the administration stuff, I'm like remembering now, like previous conversations when you were in grad school, like thinking about you were going to (laughs) do that I had like completely forgotten. I love that. Um, and also on theme for what we'll talk about soon about like different maneuvers that you can make where from like what you think oh, you yes. were going to do to what you end up doing. Um, Absolutely. yeah, so my background, so I, uh, have a PhD in community psychology. When I first started going into psychology, like undergrad, I thought, oh, I'm going to be a clinical psychologist and I'm going to like help people with like drug addiction. Uh, and then realize that wasn't right. And then then I was like, oh, I'm going to probably be like a professor because I love to do research and I can do a bunch of research. Uh, And then I started teaching and realized I really hated that (laughs) when I was in grad school. I was like, no, this feels like busy work. I just like research. And that's when I also moved into the tech space as a user experience researcher. Did that for several years. I also was a manager. Uh, And then I learned I mean, I knew about it once I got into tech, but I didn't know about it before (laughs) tech. I learned about product management and I was like, oh, I want to do that. Um, So now I'm a product manager. And yeah, again, lots of like shifts and changes and things that I didn't even know were things. And then I got there and now they are things. So lots of change. (laughs) Absolutely. And again, thinking about your progression too, I remember all of these conversations we had over the years and just seeing your growth and transition has just been like, I'm in awe. Of you. I'm like, oh, same. Yes, girl. we motivate each yeah. other. <laughs> we do, we do, and I think that's just so important to have, you know, people who motivate you and and be in that space with you when it comes to the career progression. Exactly. So, like, uh, one thing that I think is interesting about both of our paths and like what I feel like I've learned over the years is how, mm-hmm. for a long time, I thought career progression was just like linear. Like, it was not right. that like you didn't have up and downs, but like you were on a path and you just kept rolling down that path until you hit the top kind of thing where, and like you still, I still have had like these, um, what I call like vertical moves, right. Where like you're moving up the ladder for the path that you're on, if you will, like promotions and level changes, things like that. But then I didn't ever think about the horizontal moves, like changing roles, changing like career paths, like 
in my mind, once you did it, you were just like, that's what you were doing the rest of your life. And that's just has not been the case for me. Yeah, that's, it's been kind of the same for me. So a lot of mine have been horizontal. So when I first started in the tech space, working as a consultant, and then once I moved out of that role, transitioned to a new tech area, completely, it's basically the exact same role, just I moved from higher education to K-12. So even though it was, you know, in that horizontal move, I still was able to build so much experience and learn so much. It's a totally different beast at that point. Um, And then recently transitioning from that side into marketing, that was more of like, all right, I'm moving into marketing. Now I'm going to be honest. I don't have marketing experience. I did not go to school for marketing. I did not like study anything. It was just one of those things where I was able to utilize the skills that I've built up in the role over the last several years and apply that to the role that I have now. And I think that's so important to like reassess the, um, your skill set that you have to see if there are opportunities for you to grow and move into something different that allows you to kind of reach your potential there. Yeah. I think that's like the growth mindset, right. Of like, Mm -hmm. and and also I think the more you work in a, I don't know, I don't know if this is true, but I'm thinking that the more you work in a corporate setting, the more you also see other people doing like how they do their job. And so like you get some experience just from proximity of people like yeah I I don't know like and so like some of the skills start to transfer across roles in a lot of different ways we're like yes there's still things that like you said that you don't have marketing experience but like you have a lot of experience working in that setting that are clearly transferable to that role and therefore like it's not like then you can grow in those other areas I guess yeah I absolutely agree And I think that's just been like something that I will continue to hold on to as I continue to transition, because I know that there's so much untapped experiences and and opportunities for me that the best is yet to come. That's kind of where my mindset is at when it comes to career progression. Definitely. So if someone were to ask, like, when, like, what are the signs that I should make a change? Like, when should I make a change? Like, what are some things that like, happened for you that you were like, I'm ready to make a change. Ooh, ooh, let me get into it, girl. <laughs> this is the so reality. The number one thing that I definitely recognized in myself where I was like, it is time to change. It's time for transition was the fact that I had a lack of passion and a lack of interest in the role that I was doing. Um, and so for me, if you find yourself losing that passion, losing that interest in the field that you're in, in that career that you're in, Um, It doesn't feel like it's um, fulfilling you and it feels tedious. It just feels daunting. All of these different things. And you're just feeling like, oh, there has to be something else. Like, I'm just not excited about being here. That's your number one indicator that it's like, okay, let's, let's transition. Let's see what we can do. So at that point, it was time for me to explore um, different career options, things that really just aligned with um, my current interests at the time. Yeah. I would say same for me. Like, I think there's like two different experiences I've had where I'm like, I need to, I need to make a change. Like one is exactly what you're talking about. I'm just like, everything just feels ick. <laughs> like, I don't even know how else to, ex- to describe it. I'm just like, I'm over it. I don't want to do the work. Everything just feels like 
I'm asked to do something that's like clearly in my job description. And I'm like, Ugh, yes. I don't want to do that. You know, right. you're like, you don't want to do your job. What? <laughs> exactly. And then the other, I think is when I, when you start to be mm-hmm. the, um, and this I think happens from has happened to me when I've been working in the same space, like topic area for a while where I start to be that person in the room. Who's like, ah, we've already tried that. Oh, that didn't work in the past. Ooh. And I've been in that, I've been that person before. And then I'm like, um, I need to step away because I'm like, I, there's, there needs to be fresh minds here because obviously I'm not contributing in an innovative way anymore in this space. And so yes. I'm probably not the best person to be in this job. And some fresh meat would probably be able to look at this problem totally different now and less cynical and they can like tackle it better, you know? Absolutely. I I agree with that 100% because it just jogged my memory of a time that I found myself doing that in a meeting. They were introducing a new um, way for ourselves, like for us to present. And I was like, we don't need to do that. Like my presentation <laughs> skills are just fine. And I was like, oh, it's time. It's time. We got to go. We got to find something else because I knew that the the people who were newer into that role were very excited. They're like, this is so cool. Yeah. This is awesome. This is going to be great. And I'm over here like, no, like <laughs> what I'm doing works and the team, like they like it. So. And it's natural. I actually it had is. a, there was a, uh, we, I was like at a, like a meeting where we had like a presenter from like some leader of the company. And I remember he said that he gives himself a timeline whenever he steps into a new role. And I think he said like two years or three years where he said, I'm going to dedicate my all to this problem space for this amount of time. And if at the end, if I have not solved it yet, then either A, like it can't be solved (laughs) or B, I'm not the right person to solve this. Someone else can do a better job here. And I was like, I love that mentality because yeah, we've all hit that stage where we're just like, I'm just, I'm not an innovative one in the room anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. I completely feel that. And seeing that now in my current role, looking back at where I was at before, I'm like, the people that are in that role right now are thriving. They're doing really well. They're yeah. doing great things. And I also feel the same way in my role where I'm able to create different processes and procedures. And it's a great feeling to be part of something exciting, knowing that like, I still have that excitement about it. So yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about like, let's say like you've kind of, you're like, okay, I'm either stagnant or I'm, I'm the, the lack of innovation person in the room or I'm whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to make a change. Like, I think that's what, what can often be difficult to actually making that change is like not necessarily knowing what you want in a new role. And I think like, it's so critical first to mm-hmm. identify what is that thing that you want and then be able to look for that in whatever your new move is, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there are a lot of different things that you can look for in, in terms of like what that will look like for you too. Yeah, for sure. Like I know for me in the past, like some of it has been, hey, I want to get experience with new kinds of leaders or new kinds of mentors. And I want to make sure where I move next is going to have really good mentorship because I mm-hmm. want to grow in my leadership areas as an example. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me as well, um, being able to kind of do some self-assessment, right. And like overview, like different strengths and weaknesses that I have that I can take into the next role, being able to identify, um, 
the different values that I have, different interests, so that when I am looking for that career, it will align much better. And then I know that I will be successful in that. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked a lot about like the passion part of work or the like Mm -hmm. the fun stuff, but also sometimes it's just about pay. I mean, let's just be real. Just point like... (laughs) Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, you've heard the thing, money can't buy happiness. Sure. Fine. But money provides stability in this economy. It provides stability, peace of mind. Like we got to, sometimes you got to chase the bank. You know what I mean? Like you you got to. I don't think it's a wrong thing. Like I think, honestly, I think it's a part of like, I think it's a little bit capitalist propaganda. This might be controversial, but I really kind of think it is to say that you shouldn't (laughs) be chasing money. Like I think it's okay to chase money. No, I think it is too. And, you know, like you mentioned in this economy, like we have to be able to take care of ourselves. A lot of us have families. Um, We're taking care of other people, even supporting yourself. Me, like I'm supporting myself. It's expensive in Dallas. Like I need to make sure (laughs) I need to make sure I'm being taken. I'm taking care of myself and providing for what I need to. Um, So yes, money is absolutely a strong factor in that. Yes, definitely. I know that I've had, um, I've known people who, a lot of people actually who interview every year, even if they're happy in their job, they will interview every year. To be frank, I'm too lazy for that. So I don't, it probably means I'm missing out on money. But then what they do is it like helps them to really truly assess, hey, do I like actually the role that I'm in? You know, if they get an offer, they don't necessarily take it because they may say, oh, wait, no, I actually really do like where I am. And it keeps their interview skills fresh and has the potential for a counter offer that you can make. Like, there's a lot of perks to that. Absolutely. So I, I um, am in awe by those people. I'm too lazy. <laughs> That's fascinating to me. Um, it's not me right now, but it's fascinating. <laughs> My ideal self does that. My reality self does not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you know, it would be, it would be nice, but it's not me right now. <laughs> I think another factor people look at, um, Well, I mean, you talked a little bit about like skills that you want to develop in a new role too. Like what are the opportunities? Like what are the places to like stretch yourself in a way that you haven't been able to before, right? Yeah, there are so many opportunities to get new training and education, like being able to just look into opportunities for professional development. There's continuing education classes that are offered. Some roles even offer support in paying for those. So again, looking into those opportunities um, where you can find support, I think is ideal. Yeah. And then the other big one for me is also work-life balance. So I, Mm -hmm. you are too, we're both lucky enough to be working remote and I used to work in an office pre COVID. And Mm -hmm. I thought I liked that. I I remember in grad school, like planning my outfits for when I like had an office job and stuff, you know, absolutely. Um, but now I'm like, I mean, it's not that I would never go back in an office again, maybe, but I need the same work-life balance though. I need to be home as much as I am, like my downtime at home as much as I have now. That's important for me. Absolutely. And, you know, working in an office could never be me anymore. You know, I've worked. <laughs> it's so I've hard. Worked, like I couldn't it's imagine. It's so hard. It is. And I, I've, you know, I've worked remote now for over four years. It just, I don't see myself fully remote, not like hybrid or anything, fully remote, like, pre-COVID, all of that. So I'm so used to being in my space, having the flexibility that I do. And I'm very fortunate to work for a company where they recognize that. Um, We do have the flexibility, you know, to make doctor's appointments and different things like that, that we can take care of. 
during work hours if we need to and making sure that our, you know, we communicate with our managers. I think that's so important. And I've also been in roles where that's not necessarily the case. And that really does affect, you know, your well-being, you know, work-life balance and feeling like, oh, I have to be on all the time, where really that's going to hinder you in the long run. You know, that's that's where burnout comes in. That's where all of these different factors come in, where it forces you out of a role where you either decide to quit unexpectedly one day or you get fired because something blows up and it's this whole this whole thing. So yeah, the number of there, people I know right now who are being forced back into the office and are just like, mm-hmm. I'm getting my resume ready. Like I'm getting ready to leave because they're just like you said. And of course, there are some people who enjoy being in the office and it works sure. for them. But clearly, I think we've seen now for a large portion of people, it does not work. Like we want to be working remote and working from home and the right. flexibility of that. And so it'll be interesting to see how companies react with uh, everyone being forced back in and to see how many people leave and what, the, yeah. if it like the pendulum swings back or what, whatever happens. It's just interesting to me because we proved all of that during COVID <laughs> that work was still able to get done. Like things were happening, things were still functioning for the most part. So it, it's just interesting that like, why now? Why do you want to come back to the office? Like, what's your, like, what's the reasoning behind that? And mm. You know, that's a different topic for a different day. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, keep my mouth shut on that one. Um, yeah, I, I was like, too spicy for this. <laughs> yeah, too sp- I was like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> yes, I love it. Anything else that you want to like mention or that we want to mention about career progression? Um, Honestly, we really did cover a lot of what really makes it ideal to make that career progression. So really at the end of the day, like assessing like your own needs and going back to like, all right, is this job fulfilling me? Am I comfortable? Am I happy? You know, do I wake up and like, I'm excited to be about, like, I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to be like hype and like smiley every I day. Work. Every week. I, I love, love work, work because let's be real. There are days where I'm like a 59 <laughs> log in at 9am. Like I'm, it, I'm going to be honest. But at the same time, like I still enjoy the work that I do. There are just some days where I'm just a little bit more tired and that's okay. But when you find yourself dragging out of bed constantly, not feeling motivated to even do other things outside of work, and you feel like that's really weighing you down, then it's time to reassess and decide, you know, maybe it's time for a career switch, career change, progression, whatever direction, whether it's horizontal, um, vertical, whatever it is, and making sure that you are taking care of you first and foremost. With that being said, now that we've come to the end, we like to close out every episode by sharing the last drop of tea for the day. Jess? Remember that career progression is a journey, not a destination. It may involve ups and downs, but with dedication, planning, and continuous self-awareness, you can achieve the career you've dreamed of. See you next time. See you next time.